0: Hello, everybody. This is Mark Vines. Welcome to the Mark Vines Show. And thank you again for joining me on our journey towards patriotism, Americanism, liberty, and all those things that uh, we are losing very quickly in this country. And today I wanted to play for you a little clip uh, of an appearance that I made on the Vince Colonnese show. And if you're not familiar with Vince Colonnese, he is one of the talk show radio hosts here in Washington, D.C. on WMAL. That's 105.9 or 630 a.m. And I was on his show yesterday and uh, it was a good time. It was a first for me. I've been talking events for a while about coming on a show. And what we talked about was the DOJ memo that America Garden, your attorney general, has put out talking about uh, setting up procedures to look at people that are attending school board meetings across the country and potentially looking at uh, school board member protesters as domestic terrorists. Now, the reason why I was on the show is I have worked... Domestic terrorism for many years of my career and wanted to walk through with Vince what it means to be uh, a domestic terrorist and uh, more importantly, what is required for a case to be deemed a domestic terrorism case. And so I'm going to play that for you here. And also joining me is going to be our good friend Frank Reynolds, who is the host of Lies, People, Tell podcast. And he's going to dissect this for me as well and give his two cents as to what he thought of the whole transaction and what's going on with our attorney general. So with that, Here you go. Uh, This is going to be about five minutes uh, of a clip, and I'm going to go ahead and play that for you right now, and then Frank will join us.
1: But right now, let's focus on another way that civil liberties are being violated, and it's the United States Department of Justice in the memo announced this week by Attorney General Merrick Garland, he said that the Justice Department is going to, quote, address violent threats against school officials and teachers, didn't provide any evidence to support that there were any meaningful violent threats against school officials and teachers but it didn't stop him from announcing that he's going to enlist the entire department of justice in going out after parents who attend these school board meetings for more on this our next guest could provide some good insight his name is mark vines he's the host of the mark vines show podcast and a retired fbi agent and he joins us now mark good afternoon to you hey vince how are you thanks for having me on it's Great to have you on. So I, let me just get your basic reaction to this announcement from Merrick Garland this week, and if you could just give the audience some sense of of your time in the FBI and, and how it might inform your opinion.
0: Yeah, well, thanks, uh, Vince. Um, just just by way of background, I, I started out my career in, in uh, the Navy. I was actually a Navy pilot for eight years, and I was actually a police officer for a few years, and then went into the uh, FBI where I served as an uh, FBI agent uh, for a little over 20, uh, 20 years, about 20 and a half years and retired as a supervisory special agent. And actually much of my career uh, was spent working domestic terrorism. And so when I saw this memo, I was quite stunned by it. Um, And the reason being is domestic terrorism cases are notoriously hard to work in the FBI because due to some of the historical uh, issues that there have been with the FBI being used uh, to target individuals over its history, um, very strict rules were put in place on what the definition of a domestic terrorism case is. And in fact, um, you know, crimes that I think the public would kind of look at and say, well, that's, that, that's a domestic terrorism case, or that's a terror group, or that's a hate group, that does not necessarily meet the definition of what we would use in the FBI, as being in a domestic terrorism group. And that's it's a very, very strict uh, ruling that we have. And in fact, uh, when I worked at headquarters and I was overseeing many domestic terrorism cases, I would have agents contact me and say, hey, look, I've, I've got this this case uh, because we would have to review these cases. They would all be under review. And I would say oftentimes, in fact, more often than not, like, look, you, you have a case. I'm not saying you don't have a case, but what you have is a criminal case. You don't have a domestic terrorism case. Because when you label something a domestic terrorism case, that opens up a whole Pandora's box of other considerations that come in. Are we going to put this person on a no-fly list? Are they going to be monitored? Are they going to be uh you know, other sophisticated techniques that are going to be used? That that opens up lots of areas that are not necessary nor should be used in a criminal case. That when you when you're a domestic terrorism case, it is like I said, that's a, that's a whole other area that we need to be careful of. And again, these are things that we did because historically uh, this has been used. And um, there were FBI directors that abused that, and that's why we have a, a 10-year limit on uh, the, the directorship right now. Now, having said that, um, Vince, what I'm going to say, too, is I this really surprised me that Merrick Garland came out with this memo, which is essentially uh, – Uh, telling U.S. attorneys' offices to get together with the local FBI offices and go out there and work with the local state and um, local tribal um, agencies. And, you know, having been a police officer as well, that really surprised me because, I mean, just sit back and think about this. You you think the local and state police don't know that the FBI is there, and if they need help, that they could reach out to the FBI. The FBI has 56 major field offices, and then, of course, the satellite resident agencies. But there's 56 main divisions. Every single division, Vince, has a joint terrorism task force and safe streets and and criminal uh, task forces on there. What that means for the general public, if you're not familiar with that, is uh, the state, local, uh, even other federal agencies, and the military, for that matter, have representatives on that joint terrorism task force in every single division. Now, that means that they have representatives located in the FBI office. So if you have an issue that's you know, in one of the local jurisdictions that rises to the federal level that needs to be looked at, they need FBI assistance, sure. whatever the case may be they go through their representative. So with, this this the move office.
1: then, this move then by Attorney General Garland is gratuitous and it, it doesn't need right. you don't need to make a declaration that hey, if somebody runs a foul of federal law, the FBI should get involved. That's obvious to local law enforcement who would get the FBI
0: involved should a federal crime be violated. But that's been in place uh, since 9/11. So you know, after 9/11 these things were set up. And you know, so why it, it's and, and you're putting out a hotline so you're going to call a hotline. You're going to, you know, here's the process that you're going to have to reach out to the local FBI office. We've, we've had these processes for 20 years. 20 or more years we've had these processes. Yes. So this was, Vince, make no mistake about this. This was put out to chill people from going and speaking at school boards. Because think about this. Vince, And one more, one more thing. Uh, I just want to address this. In order to be a domestic terrorism case, you have to meet three specific prongs or elements, if you will. One, there's a crime, and I want to be very clear about that. There's a crime. Right. Number two, you're trying to further your social or political agenda through that crime. And the third part is you have to be using force or violence. Now, as I look at this, I don't see where the crimes are. I see people going to school boards. I see them getting upset. I see them getting loud. But that's not a crime. Furthermore, even if you got unruly and you were trespassing and you needed to be removed from the facility, I don't see where that's a federal crime. Right. And uh, this just seems to be overkill, and what the public needs to understand is that you have a right – to go to, uh, to assemble. You have a right to go, uh, give your free speech. You have a right to do all those things. Now you you cannot commit a crime, do not commit a crime. Right. But if you're interviewed by the FBI, here's what I would say. I would, first of all, I would record it. And second of all, I would say, you know, do you have a warrant? Do you have a subpoena? Because I'm not, you know, if, if you want to pull me off the premises for trespassing or being unruly, that's fine. But I don't know why I'm talking to the FBI. Right. Uh, you know, because that has implications. You know, if, if you were deemed uh, a domestic terrorist, uh, meant, you could possibly be put on a no-fly list. There's sophisticated techniques that could yes. be used. There's all kinds of monitoring that we use in legitimate domestic terrorism cases that w- should not be used in local matters. And that's and without is,
1: being And that's without being convicted. In other words, punishment can yes. be meted out without you actually being convicted of anything.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we believe that you're predicated towards a crime right. and you're trying to overthrow the government, then that there's things that need to be used. Now, what's interesting about this is, remember what I said, you have to have a crime yep. um, a, a pushing social uh, political agenda through the use of force or violence. What I'm seeing is, in fact, people are going to these school board meetings and they are protesting the social or political agenda being forced on them, yes, not the other way around. If you follow my logic, there, yeah, they're it's reacting. not them pushing it; they're reacting to it. And you know, like I said, one of my roles while in the FBI was to make sure that agents were not violating people's First Amendment protected free speech, and we took that very seriously when, sure. when I was there. I have to say that, and I know there's people in the in the FBI that do now, and I and I'm not disparaging the FBI because I know this is being forced upon the FBI. And it makes me wonder what the heck is Christopher Ray doing? Why is he not pushing back? Good question. Uh, If, if he, if, if he carries this out, and does it it's just a travesty mark vines let me why he wouldn't let me ask you before we uh before we before we
1: run out of time here i just want to ask one one final question when you get an attorney general making a statement like this where he says he's going to have all of the various resources of the justice department all be committed to a new mission this mission to be focused on parents who express dissent at these school board meetings um what other things are the FBI not focused on? Does Is this a distraction from real crimes that need to be
0: investigated? Oh, absolutely. That's a great question, Vince. Uh, you know, there are all kinds of things. You know, um, the last time I checked, we still have Americans uh, left in Afghanistan. That's right. We have Iran on the move. We have China on the move. That's not being covered. We have uh, – and that's a very scary situation. We have ISIS on the move. We have – uh, in fact not only are we not stopping terrorism overseas in the formation of terrorist groups but they're growing as a matter of fact and when you have fbi agents whose time are spent on people at local school board meetings yes we are not investigating the things that that we need to to do and one last thing vince um you know i, I see where we're putting up a uh, a hotline and you can reach out to the offices well i'm going to point out and and again i'm not I'm very careful when I say this because, you know, these people are working really, really hard and doing what they're told to do. But we set up hotlines and we set up all of these different ways to put out leads. And, uh, you know, we did that with the Pulse nightclub shooting. There was that shooting in Florida at the school. And in, in actual leads, real leads were coming in and nothing was acted upon. And. And we still had the, those those tragedies. Um, another thing when you set up these hotlines, and what people need to understand is why we have those task force officers and those, the JTTFs in place, is to sort of manage the information that comes in. Yep. Because post 9-11, we didn't have those things set up. And I was a pre-9-11, 9-11, and then post-9-11 agent. And I remember in those days, before we had these systems set up, the public would just call in with information And it's overwhelming to the offices where you can't make any sense of anything that comes in. And (laughs) when you're you're inundated with so much information, it's hard to pick out what's real and what isn't real. Right. In other words, he's
1: creating creating an inefficient system on top of everything else. Mark Vines, thank you for your perspective on this. He's the host of the Mark Vines Show podcast and a retired FBI agent. Really appreciate you taking us behind the curtain there. Thanks, Mark.
0: Hey, thanks, Vince. We'll talk to you later. All right. So there you go, folks. That was my introduction to the Vince Colonnais show, and it was a great honor, and I want to thank Vince and and his staff for having me on. Uh, I'd never done anything like that before, so that was a foray into new territory, and it's kind of interesting to be asked uh, a very deep question about something like the the DOJ memorandum that came out, and it was signed by Merrick Garland, and give your response in about five minutes or less, you know, and have a a couple of questions thrown in there, very different format than what we do. Here on the podcast, but I really did enjoy doing that. And I hope that, you know, people are listening because, folks, this is your liberty that is at stake here. Using the FBI to go and monitor school board meetings is not only un American, unpatriotic, and a violation of your rights, but it's really a misuse, in my opinion, of the resources of the FBI. Folks, we, as I mentioned in that clip, China's on the move, uh, Russia is on the move. Iran is on the move. We have a lot of people that don't like us and want to do us harm, and we need to pay attention. We have people coming across the border. We have uh, COVID coming across the border. We have diseases that we thought we eradicated years ago coming across the border. We have child trafficking. We have drugs pouring over. It's an absolute disaster, and the FBI has a lot of work to do, and that work does not Include monitoring school board meetings. Now, that's my take. You guys heard uh, my interview with uh, Vince Colonese on WMAL. And again, I want to thank that crew. But I want to bring on our guest today, uh, Frank Runnels, host of Lies People Tell, and get his perspective and any additional thoughts. Again, there was a lot of ground to cover in five minutes or less, but we'll expand on it here in that, this podcast. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Frank, and he can give you his two cents on my interview.
2: Okay, hey, great. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, uh, Mark. I just wanted to thank you, and I just want to say, hey, congratulations on making <laughs> it on the WMAL. That's uh, big time, so that's good. And Vince and column's his show is a, it's a great show. I, I love his stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, he, uh, he just picked up the three to— three to six slot, which was a change. I think Larry O'Connor was in that slot. And then Larry yeah. was moved to the mornings because that's where Vince was. And then Vince moved to the afternoons and he's right before Mark Levin at 6 p.m. Yeah.
2: But i tell you what, what you said on the show, I think is something that's kind of missed in a lot of uh, uh, talking points from what I've seen on TV and other radio spots is the fact that this Uh, DOJ memo, they couch it in terms like, well, we're just having the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office get together and form a working group so everyone knows at the local and tribal and state level how to pass on if we get any threats against school board members. And as you pointed out, and as we well know, every field office in the FBI, all 56 field offices, have local, state, and other federal agents embedded in our squads on their Joint Terrorism Task Force, on our violent crime squads, on the Safe Street Task Force. There's not a mystery of how to get a hold of the FBI if you have a threat. So that's not really the purpose of this this memo. The purpose of this memo is to send a chill down the spine of any parent that decides to go and complain at the school board level and also you know, sending a high sign to uh, some whiny school board member to send a threatening, to say send a letter saying, so-and-so threatened me or I felt threatened because they raised their voice. The problem is, is you send too many of those basically nuisance calls, uh, they, get, they just start getting ignored. You start sending a bunch of letters saying, everybody's being mean to us and they're threatening us. At a point in time, it becomes, uh, you know, uh, the, the currency is so watered down that it means nothing. So, so, consequently, all of these threatening letters basically go into what we call a zero file. So, just file it, file it, file it, because there's really nothing we can do, you know. So, I think they're kind of uh, doing a self-defeating thing.
0: Yeah, and you raise a really good point, and and I hope the public understands, and I try to convey this towards the end of my interview, that when you have so much information coming at the FBI, the important information that the FBI needs to know about actually gets lost in that, and that's an important thing. We we saw it happen. I know Frank that you were a pre nine eleven agent just like myself. So we went through that transition of pre nine eleven, then nine eleven happened, and then afterwards we saw you know how the FBI reacted to nine eleven, and then the systems that were created to. Counteract that, and as I mentioned in Vince's interview, the reason why we have joint terrorism task forces across the country, to include a national joint terrorism task force, which I was a member of here in Washington D.C., was a direct result of what happened in 9/11, and those procedures were put in place. And it is important to understand that those procedures are there. If there is a true terrorism threat at a school board school board meeting or anywhere else for that matter, it's not limited to school boards the state, local, tribal authorities and the military know where to go and to uh, make a complaint and have it addressed. So that leads me to believe that this, what Merrick Garland did in putting that memo out, was a, it was really just a message to the public that we're watching you, okay? there's We're watching you because if if it was supposed to be a message to all these different agencies, it was irrelevant. Merrick Garland, if if you weren't aware of what your Department of Justice, your own agency or department already does, those procedures are in place. So why did you put the memo out? Why did you put it out? My only conclusion, Frank, is it was to send a chilling message to the American people.
2: Am I wrong about that? No, you're not wrong about that. That's exactly the purpose of it. And also... The secondary reason of why he sent that out is because the this is a sop to the teachers union who is in bed with the association of school board members, what, whatever organization that is. It's a sop to them because suddenly they send this letter to Garland saying, hey, all these people have been being mean to us and kind of threatening us. Now they don't give any examples and there are no examples and there's no not one incident where someone has actually assaulted a school board member. So you know, so they've made all these accusations without any evidence to back it up. And they send this out say, hey, they're being mean to us. And Garland said, "Geez, I guess I better tell everybody how to report to us. Come on. This is a sop to them. And it is just sending a shot across the bow of every parent that dis- disagrees with mass mandates, CRT, uh, pornographic material in their kids' school library and just basically rambunctious Americans trying to take care of the kids. That's that's not what statists want. The statists say, listen, we should raise your kids. You shouldn't have a state. I mean, in our, our gubernatorial race here in uh, Virginia, you got uh, Terry McAuliffe or, as Chris Clance calls him, uh, Terry McAuliffe. And he said, you know, he had that moment of candor, that spontaneous moment of candor during one of his debates, his last debate. And he said, yeah, I vetoed the bill allowing pe- uh, parents to have a say-so in their kids' education. so I don't think they should have a say-so. Now he said the quiet part out loud. And if he could have, he wanted to grab those words out of the air and take them back, but he, you can't. You can't unring that bell. But that's what they really do believe. And that's why they don't want parents involved. And it also helps uh, with the narrative that you have a bunch of oath keepers and promise keepers and QAnon and all of this nonsense out there being mobilized which allows them to say, hey, next year, 2022, we really have to have mail-in voting because it's just not safe for people to be voting in person. I mean, that's part of it also.
0: Well, and furthermore, there are no examples, and you're absolutely right about that. But it, let's just play along with the Democrats here for a minute. Let's say that there were assaults at school board meetings. There have not been, and I want to be very clear about that. But if there were, let's just play that out because my discussion with Vince Colonies was the FBI and the DOJ uh, being. Put into this situation. And oh, by the way, uh, one of the reasons why he said he was doing what he was doing was because it was a national security issue. National security issue. Now, the administration has done this once before. They talked about white supremacists being the number one threat to national security. And folks, let's just break that down here for a minute. Let's say there was an assault at a school board meeting. Is that a federal crime or is that a local crime? It's a local crime. It's a local crime. So why, again, would the FBI be involved in a local crime? And furthermore, how would that assault at a school board meeting, which is not a federal crime, affect national security whatsoever? And people have to pay attention. Read the memo, folks. If you've not read that memo, go online, Google it, and read it. I'm not making this up. They're talking about this being for, for the national security. And Joe Biden, don't forget, said that white supremacy was the number one threat to national security. And that's a, that's a stunning statement. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. None. And there's no evidence here that there the FBI needs to be involved in school board meetings. None whatsoever. Nope. This, this was I a truly agree. shocking memo that came out. And the more I think about it, the more shocking it is to me when you think of the ramifications of it. I mean, do you, what are your thoughts on that,
2: Frank? Well, I probably take a different, little bit different view than most people. I look at it as kind of a toothless tiger type of thing because I, I know how the, the federal government works. I know how the, the bureau works, and I know how when these type of initiatives come along, the, the memo said, let's, uh, basically, let's start a working group and get together and have a few meetings to talk about meetings that we're going to have. And if anyone ever gets a threat, uh, this is how you would report it and da, da 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 To make it look like we're doing something. The reality is, is uh, outside of the D.C., Washington, D.C., and maybe some venues in California, you're not going to get a federal judge to sign off on a arrest warrant for a parent that went to a school board meeting and raised their voice. That just isn't going to happen. You got to be able to articulate that there was a threat communicated that a is credible and B could be carried out, you know, but they can't prove those elements of the crime because that's not really what's happening. So I'm not, it's a bad, it looks bad and it is trying to scare people and it's using, it's weaponizing the FBI. But the other side of it is, is if everybody's just smart and uh, continues doing what they're doing, but don't make any overt threats, I think everything will be fine.
0: But you know what this does? For the public, for those of you that are listening that were not FBI agents in your career, let me just kind of paint a picture for you. The, The life of an average FBI agent is full of a lot of things. Very little of which has to do with investigations, believe it or not. Frank, I'll get your take on this here in a second. But your typical FBI agent has a number of cases that they're working at any one given time, guys. It's not like television, where you know you're assigned one case and you you work it. From beginning to end, within one hour, with commercials fit in, and and it's a nice, neat little package. You know, some of these cases go on for years, and your average FBI agent is, is handling quite a few cases at one time. Now, on top of that, you have to travel. You might be an expert in a field. You might be doing presentations on that. You have to do in person training. You have to do online training. You have administrative work. We everybody in the FBI has their agenda that they want to put across, whether it's uh, equity training. Diversity training, uh, sexual harassment training, on and on and on. You know, and, and I'm not criticizing those things. I'm just saying that they keep piling that on. that The FBI agents have to go through that every single day, and it takes time time away for investigations. You have to do uh, uh, you have to do defensive tactics training. You have to do firearms training. Maybe you're, like in my case, I was a pilot, so I had to do training for that. I had to fly uh, uh, surveillance missions. You have to help other agents out. To their search warrants, arrest warrants, on and on and on. It's like an endless list of things that they have to do. Now, you have Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice come in and now say, now you have to go out and conduct all these meetings with local agencies to let them know that they need to report things that they're already aware of that they need to report, and then explain to them how to report it, even though they've been doing that for the last 20-plus years. The point being is that's a lot of time being taken away from FBI agents that need to be out investigating real crimes and keeping this nation safe. Uh, Your thoughts on that, Frank?
2: No, you're exactly right. Uh, Yeah, But I know back when I was an agent, if uh, my supervisor said, hey, we got this – this guy that uh, I want to go out and take a look at him because he, he kind of raised his voice at the local school board meeting. And I mean, and I said, well, did he threaten? Well, you know, that wasn't really a threat, but they felt threatened. Oh, okay. All right. Let me jump right on that right after I finish the 80 other things I've got going on. So I think you'll see a lot of that too, is just sort of like, Really? I, I have nothing better to do than this? I have to go spend half right. of my day, right? and then later I'm, I'm going to have to come we'll back and
0: document did. this because somebody raised their voice at a school board meeting?
2: Right. Well, well you, 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 yeah, exactly. You're going to go out and waste a half a day chasing this guy down over a case that you know will never be prosecuted, it'll never move forward, and you're going to feel like... Am I just being used as a tool, as an in, as a tool of intimidation? And I, as much as people want to complain about the FBI, ninety nine point nine percent of the agents out there are not into that. No. They just want to do their job, and they don't want to be used. They don't want to be a tool or a pawn for some political bullshit game. So you yeah, know,
0: and that's really I, what this comes down to: is folks, can we just be honest for a moment? Can we be honest with one another? This was clearly a political move. And you and the poor FBI is being used as a political tool to affect a Democrat agenda. And the the FBI should not be used by anyone, by the right or the left, period. The, the FBI should be apolitical. The FBI has a very, very important job. This is not one of them. It is not one of right. them. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, what, so Frank, in listening to the interview that I did with uh, Vince, was there anything that you would have added to it? Because it it real, it's a real short hit, it's a five minute uh, interview. Anything that I left out from what you would have added if if you were on there?
2: No, uh, I mean, I think you 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 got across uh, the the important aspects of it. Uh, I as I said. The, I take a little, probably a more of a contrarian view than most people, only because I've had a lot of experience in these type of uh, dog and pony shows. So yeah, it sends a bad message and their intent is bad, but I think the net effect is not going to be nearly as big a deal as people think. But once again, people have to be smart and don't go to a meeting, a school board meeting and make a threat. Don't send an email making some sort of veiled threat. Don't call them up and make a veiled, I mean, even a veiled threat like, you know, you'll get yours or I'll make sure that you pay. You know, you may mean at the ballot box, but boy, that's all they need to hear to start trying to jam you up. And as we well know, the punishment is the process. And the process is you getting jammed up with search warrants and arrest warrants And going to court and having to pay for an attorney that's very expensive, that's the punishment. Even though they know that they'll never get this thing prosecuted, they can bleed you dry financially if they want to. Yeah, they did that with General Flynn. Yep. And sometimes that is the, the punishment itself, you know?
0: Yeah. Because don't forget that with the January 6th incident, what they did was they, and, and just think about this, they they went out and they were looking, they were doing facial recognition and looking at people that were out in the mall, people, not even people that were on the grounds of the Capitol or went into the Capitol, I mean, anybody that was there and uh, outing them and, and even pointing out their employment, you know, for example, we've, we've seen examples of people that were Department of Justice employees or members of different agencies and it was put out. There was never an accusation that these people were committing a crime, it's just that they attended. And the problem i have is now they're putting a chill on attending school board meetings because you're thinking okay were they going around in the parking lot are they getting license plates are they taking my picture am i going to end up on the news you know for uh doing nothing other than exercising my first amendment protected speech and that puts a chill on people and it has been effective because if you think about afghanistan and the withdrawal and how upset people were with that Uh, If there was ever a time to protest, it was after that, but you didn't see it happen because the chilling effect that the Democrats intended to happen after January 6th has worked. We've not seen riots in that that way or protests, rather, uh, to that extent or in that way. Uh, they're, they're chilling people down. And that's what this is. I, I really think that is what this is. Uh, don't buy into it. If you feel inclined to go to a school board meeting, then do it for goodness sake. But just like Frank said, be smart about it. Watch what you're saying. I know if you say, I'm going to get you, you mean, really what you mean is, I'm going to vote you out of office. But don't give these people any ammunition to use against you at all. Correct. Yeah. It's a it's a really weird time that we live in, and the sooner we vote these people out of office, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, exactly. uh, you know, some good news though, Frank. I was listening to the to the news today. It looks like uh, Youngkin um, really has a shot at beating McAuliffe in the Virginia election. And man, man, oh man, do we need that in Virginia?
2: Oh yeah, Terry McAwful. <laughs> yeah, we don't need we don't need any more of that. And once again, an incompetent political hack that can't run, couldn't run a, a two car parade, you know. And but he's got the political connections. He's the Clinton bag man, you know. So yeah, yeah, we don't need that. Not after gov- having uh, four years of Governor Blackface. I think <laughs> no. we have enough.
0: No, not at all. Well, Frank, any other last thoughts on the, the clip from uh, the Vince Colonnade show or uh, any other things no. you want to just talk about with uh, with our listeners?
2: No, that's it. Great. Good job on the, the Vince Colonnade show. Well, thanks again,
0: folks. Once again, just thank you for joining us on the Mark Vine Show. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Hey, do me a favor and and go out and spread this podcast as far and wide. You know, send it out to all your network, all your friends, all your family. Particularly if you guys live in Virginia, because we do have an election coming up here in November. Only two states, New Jersey and Virginia, have elections coming up, and this is a big one, folks. Big one. Governor is up, and uh, we've got it get a Republican governor here in Virginia and get as many Republicans into the House of Delegates as we can. If you've not had a chance to listen to the interviews that I've done with the candidates for the House of Delegates, and Frank has done a number of interviews as well, please check those out. We've got some great candidates. And uh, check us out on Facebook, on Parler, on Rumble. And yes, 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 we are still on the dreaded, dreaded Facebook. We're there. Check us out. And we will be talking with you soon.